This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. The- good morning, everybody. Absolutely good morning. The sun is shining bright here. Fleet Street, 200 Fleet Street, I believe, is the address. We are up here at uh, in Green Tree on, on a hill. I got to love it. And I know I'm being joined by my compadre, the ever-vigilant, highly intense, ballistic type of guy that he is, Max Starks. Max, how you doing, buddy? I am good, Wolf. <laughs> oh, that was so beautifully played. Well played, young man. Oh, oh man. Oh, I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I was, I was like, uh, you, you got to go there now. You got to. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That was absolutely perfect. And welcome, everybody. You got Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio Max. You know, I here's here's the thing. Um, yesterday, all right, Chris Boswell practiced. Okay, it's limited. All right. Now, I don't know how much more limited a kicker is it, can. It, I was about to say, kicker's already how limited. limited is it? Yeah, I mean, does he just walk to the ball and just, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to take the steps. I'm not going to physically kick it because that's actually full practice. That would be (laughs) – you know how they do it. You know, they got the the gun, you know, the the, – what you call it, the thing with the – Oh, the jugs. uh, The the jugs machine, yes. You got the jugs machine out there. And on kickoffs, he'll run and time it, so he'll just swing the leg, and then they fire the jugs gun, and then, you know, the the for kickoff return, stuff like that, or kickoff, whatever they're they're working. And maybe that's what a a limited practice is, right? He jogs to the ball. Maybe – he doesn't even jog it. He just works the jugs machine. <laughs> there you maybe, go. Maybe that's limited. That's limited practice, right? That's, that's limited. That. That's limited or, practice. Or you, th- or you think of, think about making field goals versus actually kicking them? I don't know. I, I, yeah, it, <laughs> you know the thing. The caption is: I saw him. Uh, you know, what the Steelers dot com. You know, and and he's out there, and I and I, I thought of. Uh, the Wizard of Oz is back from the land of Oz. Now, the land of Oz was kind of like that, you know, anybody that's had a concussion, you know, number one is, I always said it's like a party in your head for a little while. Things are just happening. and You're really not sure about what's going on. But then there's that things just look strange and they get stranger, you know, as you kind of land in the land of Oz. But I will, oh, but by the way, I, I have to ask you, is this, this, did the did the winged monkeys in the Wizard of Oz didn't they scared the life out of me when I was a little kid? Okay, the Wizard oh, of Oz well, was big back in my day, hers. but the winged monkeys just scared the bejeepers out of me. You know, the 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 winged monkeys uh, were were pretty uh, pretty bad. Yeah, I mean that there's there's not there's nothing cool about that. No, you know, I, I mean it is it is terrifying. You know. Now the, now the little monkey, little monkeys are cute. Monkeys right. with wings and swinging and and terrorizing you, not not. Cute. No, they got, not now cute. here's the thing, because you know I used to love you know growing up. The Wizard of Oz was like our movie, you know that was the movie. We didn't go to movies when you're kids and stuff like that, and back in the you know the the '60s and stuff. So the Wizard of Oz coming on was a big event in the Wolfley household. So you used to watch that, but 
I was terrified of the monkeys. And coming back from my buddy Sean's house, I remember because he had to walk through like some a little little grove of trees, stuff like that in the backyard. And I start thinking about the monkeys coming after you. You know when, you know you got the you know Toto and uh, the Tin Woodsman, and you got Dorothy. They're walking along yeah. there in the, in the cowardly lion, and you know they're walking along. All of a sudden, the winged monkeys descend on them. You know I'm like, going, what happens if the winged monkeys would attack me right here? You know, and so I was like ever vigilant. You know <laughs> yeah. how that goes when you're, you know, about six, yeah. seven, eight yeah. years old, oh, or no twenty-two, no twenty-three. <laughs> you know, or what? Sixty-three. Yeah. You're still thinking about it. <laughs> the winged monkeys. If I step out of DVE here uh, from under from under the carport, right? You know, what happens if a winged monkey gets me what down the parkway? Those, those winged monkeys, man. <laughs> How true that is. But, you know, how about you? Yeah. Have you ever spent a little time in the quote-unquote land of Oz? Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I definitely remember uh, one concussion where it, and it, it was one of those where, you know, I it was I was photosensitive. So, you know, oh, any yeah. type of light or bright sensitive right. areas. Uh, I was I was a hot mess. I was walking around, you know, kind of like Rain Man. I had the dark glasses on. <laughs> I was like trying to feel my way around stuff and i'm like ah no 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 i'm good i'm good i'm good, I'm good. <laughs> you know, so i was like i was like oh my gosh what is wrong with me uh you know but i mean yeah you you have that where you're just and and, and you and you're very hesitant you're very cautious oh, yeah. about stuff it, it, you're confused time. all the time you know yeah you're, you you are confused i mean that's one of the things where you know i never wish a concussion on oh, anyone, no. especially especially bad ones, because that that that's that that, that that's that's it. Those are it's bad. Bad concussions are bad. Yeah, you got to ask my brother Ron about the time he and Ray Bentley from the Buff Bills, they had a collision of collisions. Ronnie was on the court, of course, the kickoff team. Ray Bentley was on the kickoff return, and uh, they had a collision. Ronnie got knocked in the next week, and Ray Bentley left with a dislocated shoulder. It was just one of those things where. The collision was fierce, but the funny, <laughs> funny part because it's funny. Ha ha! It's my brother, and you know yeah. he's okay. But you know, they that happened like on the opening kickoff. So back then, the NFL rules were that you couldn't, if you're going to take it in the locker room, you had to have a trainer with you. Well, they didn't have enough people or doctors or something, you know, whatever it was. So they had to keep them out on the bench. So the problem was every time they yelled special teams, Ronnie would get up and go. Special teams, okay, punt, punt, because he was core four and all, and he'd, he'd come yeah. over. And what they did was they hid his helmet on him, you know. And they'd say, "Well, Ronnie, you got to find your helmet." Ronnie would go, "Where's my helmet?" And they go at the other end of the bench, and he would go down to you know where the offense was. He'd go to the defense, and yeah. he'd get down there, and they he go, "Have you seen my helmet?" And they're going, oh, "I think it's at the other end." He would go, "Oh," and he'd forget, and he'd sit down at that end of the bench until then he went. You know, special teams, he'd get up, repeat the process back and forth. <laughs> you you got to ask that, him about it. It's rather, it's rather that humorous. is hilarious <laughs> and cruel all in the yeah. same moment there. Exactly. Because, I, I mean, why, why not just say, hey, Rock, just, just, just sit here for the rest of the game until we can get you in at halftime. Just sit here. As opposed to they gave him a task. Walking one into the bench. To the other end of the bench. Go find your helmet, then, Ronnie. <laughs> then you're going to forget why you walked to the end of the bench. So then just sit down. 
and then just wait till the next time. <laughs> Does anybody at least, got, at least at least he got exercise there. Uh, exactly, he stayed can't loose throughout. Say, say at halftime, yeah. they took him in, and, and then you know they were able to deal with it. But you know, it's like. You know, he's like, anybody got any Cheetos? <laughs> Just sit here and eat some Cheetos while I watch the game up close. <laughs> exactly. I had one. Is that hot? Is that hamburgers I smell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if one time he went to the end of the bench and he came back, he's sitting there with a cheeseburger next to everybody <laughs> during the game. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I know of a guy in Green Bay. I remember this. The guy actually. I think he was ticked off about his lack of playing time, so he ordered a brat up in Green Bay. <laughs> and they filmed him. They caught him. I think they cut him, too. But he got a brat from one of the vendors up in yeah. the stands. <laughs> yeah. Listen, that's that's probably not a good all, move. All, what money do you have on you during the game, right? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Be a, and where there's no pockets. There's no that's, pockets that's on the right. wall. I forgot about that. He's got no pockets. Where on are for. you hiding that? And then where are you retrieving said money for to actually pay vendor in the stands? That 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 now that that's where now I'm bothered because I'm like that's a, that now that's a health and safety issue, right? Exactly. And and do you have the audacity to ask for change? <laughs> If you're if the bill's or, too big, that's, or, that's what I would Wait, know. wait, did you tip them? Because here's the thing yeah. about it. if you're a professional athlete oh. and you don't tip, oh, I'm sure the money got tipped. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't tip, you're in trouble, man. You're in trouble. If they know you're a professional athlete and you come out with a weak tip or or no tip, oh, oh yeah. you're gonna get barbecued. Well, you got the uniform on, so you, there's no hiding it. I mean, you had to have handed that dude a hundred just to get him to actually accept that because he he might have lost his vendor license. <laughs> For selling it to you on the field. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I remember from my playing days, I was reading the Sunday paper one time, and, you know, because, you know, back then the papers were big, and, you know, it was all yeah. about putting your hands out. But the, it was like the um, letters to the editor or something. So for some reason, I scanned it for some reason, and they were talking about a professional football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, if I recall right. And it wasn't me, thank goodness. All right, but it was yeah. about somebody that left or did not leave a tip, and the waitress like rode in and just barbecued whoever it was, and it was it was it, she eviscerated the guy, you know. And it's like that's always stayed with me. Going, man, you better tip. Make sure you tip. Leave a good tip. Yeah, no, I, I remember somebody wrote somebody sent something to the internet, similar type of deal, where. Drew Brees um, had ordered some takeout. Okay. Like from someplace. But not during a game, right? So he didn't have no, the not, problem, not, the not, pockets problem. Not during a game. Okay. Yeah, no. He <laughs> he actually went and physically picked this up in a restaurant, which, you know, if you know Drew, you know that Drew is the most anal person in the world. He would never do anything outside of his routine. Oh, okay. Uh, during game day, during a game, like his lead up. Um, but – so, so somebody had did the same thing. Went to a restaurant. I guess he left a low tip or, you know, a minimal tip for pickup for takeout, right? Right, exactly. And the per and the person sent the thing, and people just were were lambasting him for. Oh, you're kidding me! He left for takeout. I said, 
there was no real service transpired except for the chef making the food and boxing it. Right. I was like, no hostess was engaged. There was no additional waitering services. You didn't have to go get a refill of anything right. or bring additional condiments. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So you know that. So here's my question: Well, what is proper tippage for takeout? <sighs> That's a tough one. You know, I mean, you, you, yeah. you, you know, if we got people out there that can tell us what the proper tippage for takeout is, we need to know because yeah. you don't want to be caught being late. You know, or, I mean, being yeah. short on, on, on uh, you know, proper tippage because, you know, that because, goes down poorly. Uh, you know, standard is 20. Uh, standards 20 percent. OK. Right, if you're if you're sitting at a restaurant. Right. right? That, that's what the standard is. So what is the standard for takeout? And then also for. A delivery, right? A delivery is another one that that one. Well, I the, feel it's a easier though. Yeah, the delivery yeah, guy. You, it's you, a little bit higher, especially if know, it's so cold I out. Go twenty-five. Okay, yeah, I usually go twenty-five. That's 30%, good. I like that. Depending on how speedy they are, but right, but takeout's the only one I get. I I get a little gun shy. My wife's like, "Don't be." A t-. I'm like, "He." They didn't do anything except for wrap up the food. It wasn't like they served it they had to retake it back cuz they messed it up like once i take it into my hands i'm essentially saying to the contract if they screwed up i got to deal with it <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i can't sit there and check it beforehand and then it's just a transaction hey it's max i picked up the food uh you know and, and they they hand you said i good. made the effort to come right. and get it right i drove you didn't drive uh you know <laughs> No exist. No other services were really done outside the the, the boxer upper, you know. Right. So, well, so, maybe so the that, chef, so, right? Yeah. I mean, you could you could make a, a you know argument that the chef needs to be tipped. You know, I don't know. Maybe, but does it? But here's the. But does it go to him if the cashier is the one that's, oh, that's transacting? There's it, a, now. There's right? another question. See? Okay, this is important like, stuff. You know, exactly, we need to know. Here, let, Listen to OSHA standards. I can't walk in the back and, and you know and throw a twenty in his apron. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't do that. So you know, does that go to him, or is, is that just dispersed? About you know, I, I don't. These know are these big things. questions, so, man, for a Friday. I well, listen. You know, you know what day it is, right? It's Fat Man Friday. So oh, we yeah. can have these food questions. So <laughs> we've got to have. Saying, we need answers it, to this because we are, we we are on topic about this. Yes, actually, <laughs> we are on point. This is so very important because before we have Monday Night Football, we got to know on Friday night when we take our gales out or we pick up and take out how what the proper right. tippage is. We I get the idea. You know, twenty, twenty-five, whatever. You know, you're you're sitting there with your gale and and you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit uh, discombobulated about the takeout now. That's something I had not considered. Yeah, I'm going to pick up two dozen wings. Okay. I mean, you know, you know, you, you drop them in the fryer, right? Right. It's 24 wings. You drop it. You throw the sauce in the bowl. Boom. Dump the wings. Boom. 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 Dump them. Dump them in a container. Boom. Put them in plastic. Sit it out there. Wait for you to pick them up. I'm just saying. So so just. <laughs> There's not a lot in, in, involved in that. I, outside of my laziness for me not cooking my own wings, <laughs> you know, what is the proper tippage in that type of situation? You know, it's not like I'm going to a Capitol Grill and I'm asking for a four-course meal to be expertly, you know, timed and delivered so that I have temperature and reheat instructions that are placed in my bag to make sure that I get it to the standards that this steak <laughs> should be. No, no. 
I, I'm going. I'm getting out of some sandwiches. <laughs> you know, I'm getting some wings, a pizza. You know, a pizza. <laughs> Just saying. I, I mean, you know, come on, help, help us out here. Help us out here. <laughs> I've now talked Wolf into this, so help us out. Exactly, because we need to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. We do. All Is right. there a break coming? Is there a break coming? <laughs> I think we're I, about I, to go I, to I've one. I've gone off the rails. <laughs> we're all going. This whole thing is going off the rails, but that's what we love about yeah. it. All right. Yeah. The number is 412-919-1316. You're in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. We'll be right back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're back, and we are so fortunate and blessed to have our good friend Bruce Gradkowski here in the locker room, Pro Football Focus Series, radio and football everywhere. How you doing, Big G? Guys, I'm doing good. I was waiting for a little Bruce Springsteen coming in. You know, we've had a – yes, exactly, but we've had all walk-up music and all kinds of music has been uh, taken away because of whatever uh, ramifications. Licensing, yes, as uh, Jacob point out. So we ran afoul of the light licensing thing. So here they we got a – Yes, Max they is sitting right us, here. Wolfie. What's that? I said they came after us, Wolfie. Bruce Springsteen, he came after us. He did. You know, he just couldn't stand <laughs> you having success with his songs. Okay, so his glory days are his glory days, not to be confused with your glory days, okay? So now we've got a couple questions we got to ask you. Max, Max is he's got these two questions that are burning in his gourd. So we're going to ask you right from the top about these questions. All right, Bruce. Uh, you being the uh, – you know the intrepid guy. You work for PFF, and you have you, you guys work with numbers. Numbers are your things. So, what is the proper tipping amount for a carryout order <laughs> for a restaurant? You, you, you know that's a great question. Yeah, this has been the whole thing. Go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you what. Since I own a restaurant here, because I hear it all the time from our people is carry out is almost more difficult than in service because of all the stuff you got to get ready and pack up and get ready to do. So next time you do get carry out, maybe just take that into consideration. All right. So now give us a number. All right. We can't go take it into consideration. You know, 20% is, you know, when you sit down, you have a good meal, everything else. I'm at the Gradkowski restaurant. I'm eating. I'm just crushing it and stuff. So I'm throwing out a big 20, 25%. Okay. So, but what do you do if you're coming in and you got, I don't know, do you got wings at your restaurant, Bruce? We, we did. We took them off the menu. We switched up the menu recently since you don't come and visit us. Oh. Uh, so, so we switched up. But we, did, we did have some wings on the menu. All right. So you ordered some wings. So what's the proper tippage? I mean, can you come up with a number? Because Max and I, we've been kicking around this first segment. You know, we were it, it really kind of dumbified by it. You know, man, I, I think you're, all, you're always safe with 20%. And that may seem a lot for carryout. So if you're comfortable with 10 to 15%, I think that's fair. You okay. know, I think that's a fair number. I think something okay. is generous, you know, because a lot of people might assume yeah. carry out, and they're not doing it on purpose, but they're just like, oh, carry out. I'm not, I'm not eating any restaurant. I'm not taking out a seat. 
but people are still doing work. So I think any tip and carry out uh, is pretty generous. All right. Okay. Now here, now, there's, now there's here's a follow up to that. Oh. Well, I, I was yeah, I was going to ask you, but you, you, this might be the follow up. I always get confused at Panera. You know, because Panera, you walk up, <laughs> yeah. you order at the yeah. desk, and then on the counter, it like asks, and I'm always like, ugh. And I, I've been going, I've been getting uh, Panera carryout for my uh, football coaches this year, and I've always left the tip. But when I go there, it's always tough. So I don't know what you think about that one. <laughs> yeah, That's see, tremendous. and see, and, and see, and I think that that leads into my question. You know, Bruce is. Does the chef get a cut of the tips at the end of the night? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because li- like yeah. like the Panera, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going to a kiosk. You're not having the human interaction of someone actually punching in your order. and change. You're actually self-editing on the iPad-type device on the tablet. And then you walk to this drawer, uh, this little cubby hole like you're in elementary school, and you pick up a bag that has your name on it or your number. Uh, so... So technically, you've even cut out the cashier at this point. So does the tip go to the chefs that the, you know the prep people in the back, <laughs> the people behind the wall, right? You know, so so that, so that's where I get confused. I'm like, yes, the chef technically had to do the extra work. If I didn't want red onions in my salad, you <laughs> right, know, right? He has to he has to make the conscious decision to not go into his normal protocol when he's making the cob, and he denotes said said red onions from from the order. So that that's an unbelievable question because I tell, I'll tell our kids, look, I tell our, our kidding staff all the time. Uh, they're the offensive linemen of football. They do all the yes. hard work and grinding and they get no love. The quarterback gets all the love. So you don't even know who they are. You don't even know who the chef right. is unless, unless the, unless the restaurant's named after the chef, you know, uh, you know, you don't see the sous chef. You don't see the prep folks. You know, it's it's just it's just oh yeah, my food. You know, my food shows up in this window, and then wait, this, this magical waitress brings me or waiter brings me my food. So I have no clue what goes on behind behind the wall there, you know, or behind the swinging door. Right. <laughs> and to answer your question, sadly, but no, they don't get part of the tip. Now we add in bonuses and stuff, so they can't get bonuses. Okay. If if they take care of food costs and keep the labor down and stuff like that, but. You know that's that's such a fair point and question, and that's why I tell them all the time. And they are—they're like the offensive linemen; they get no no love. You said it. No one knows who they are, but they do all the hard work. All right. So what you're doing is you're taking your quarterbacking days because you would take care of your linemen back in the day, and that's what you do. You you bonus them up a little bit, and you go back. You give them the old hey, you guys we're a team, and blah blah blah, all that stuff. So you treat them like the offense. Okay, I like that. That's that works for me. That's Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And then you know what? What do offensive linemen like to do? They like to eat. What do you think chefs like to do? They like to, they like to eat, but at different restaurants. They want they don't want to eat their own food. They want to go out. So you take them to a nice dinner. You spoil them a little bit. Some wine, some drinks, a nice meal. And you know what? That goes a long way. They're not spoiled like us us quarterbacks. Absolutely, that is so tremendous. All right, now this burning question number two of the day. Okay, so we got a situation there. Burning question number two. All right. Oh, I'm, I, we're waving. We're waving to Max's little girls. He got two beautiful little girls that just stepped into the screen. They're going heading off to school. All right. Burning question number two. Here we go. What does a limited practice look like for a kicker? I mean, think about it. 
What's a okay? <laughs> that's a difficult question. You got a kicker, Chris Boswell, and I understand. Hey, okay, he's coming through concussion protocol, um, but he's unlimited practice. So what does that look like? Does that mean like, as Max said, he just pulls the handle on the jugs gun and fires it down, <laughs> or yeah. does he actually do anything? I, I don't even know if it's that. I think limited for a kicker is nothing. I think when they call out special teams, he goes and stands in a spot, and then he walks back to the sideline. They wave him off with yeah. cold towel, spray some water in his mouth, make sure he's ready to go. But, but I'll tell you what, I, you know, in, in, and you guys know, and we'll be probably got hit in the head way too many times. But Time know, or two, maybe. <laughs> when I had a concussion, like – just getting back and running around the first few days, I felt dizzy and nauseous. Yeah. So it is important that you do keep it very late right until all symptoms go away. And of course, now the concussion protocol—they're on top of that stuff. But yeah, for a kicker limited, man, I'm, I'm sure Boswell—he's <laughs> um, limited from you know drinking too much Gatorade to maybe just sipping on water. Going <laughs> Yeah, we all love Boz. We no, and I, I for one, nobody wants to be Boz when he's got to step out there and win the game. You know what I mean? You know, on a fifty-yarder. Yeah. But the yeah. fact is, when you see something where it says the kickers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, well, yeah, yeah. Wolf and I have gone down the rabbit hole with that one. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was. Uh, we're like limited. How does that happen? Um, but Bruce, you know, let, let let's get back on track let's because I know we do to want to get Bears to game. the burning questions. And, you know, um, just looking at you know, I was wa- I was watching that Vegas game for uh, for Justin Fields, the last game they won, right? And just kind of the things that he that he really does well, and you know, they've had obviously tough sledding since then. Um, you know, a tough game they played against San Fran at home. So I mean, where are we at with Justin Fields and his progression? You know where do you, where where do you see yeah. him at, and what what is what is he where is he at his best with Bill Lazor or Matt Nagy taking the credit for Bill Lazor when they do good things, and then of course blaming it on Bill Lazor when they don't. Um, you know where, where where is Justin Fields' progression, and and what what is what is it what is his strong attributes? You know, coming into this game that the Steelers' defense has to be aware of. Well, I think number one is Fields showcased his best performance you know, of the year so far. And the thing with Fields is he has the athletic, athletic ability and he has the arm talent to get it done. You just can't let him get into a rhythm. You can't let him get going because he showcased last week he's able to scramble. He's able to, you know, make plays. Last week for us at PFF, his adjusted completion rate was 70.4%. That means his completion percentage was 70% if you don't count in throwaways or drops or things like that. So he was doing a better job. Uh, His average yards per pass play, 9.7. So they do get aggressive with him. He has the arm to be aggressive. The only thing, too, though, it takes him a little time to process things within the pocket, get through reads and so forth, just like any rookie. It's It's not easy. And then you have guys flying around you. The thing you have to be aware of, you've got to keep him bottled up in that pocket Make him make the reads and throws from within the pocket mm. and maybe mix up coverages, maybe change things up on them. Um, and we saw in the preseason, sometimes he's not always great at knowing where his hot is. So you can kind of maybe bring some blitzes in a, in a certain way uh, to maybe get after him a little bit. His overall rookie grade this year is 55.7. So 
he's not playing the greatest, but last week was one of his better games. So he goes from playing awful to, oh, man, this dude's got a chance because he had some, he has some of the, uh, the abilities that you really can't coach. All right, so in his last game, he had like, I don't know, maybe a just under a dozen like rollouts, okay? They're moving the pocket, moving the launch point. He's breaking perimeter. Uh, it seemed like at least on 50% of them, whenever he got a gander at man coverage, he just took off. He just ran. I mean, he was very decisive in deciding. As soon as he saw the backs of any opponent's jerseys covering, he was just hoofing it down the field. Do you think that's somewhere that they're going to expand upon, um, get him going on some of those runs from the outside, the, you know, the leverage point on the perimeter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, too, a guy like Fields, and I was even kind of like this, too, like it always helped me getting going to get going early in football games to feel like I was a part of the game. I wanted to get hit. I wanted to run a little bit. And for Fields, the ability he has, I would get him outside the pocket. I would, you know, Frank Wright does an unbelievable job with the passing game, with getting a quarterback in rhythm. Uh, the Rams and Sean McVay, you know, the screens to wide receivers, the screens mm. to running backs, the bootlegs. You know, a few weeks ago when we saw Case Keenum play with the Browns, Kevin Stefanski did a good job that way. So, you know, and, and I'm sure my coach Tomlin and uh, the defensive staff, they, they know that, you know, you're facing a young rookie. You know the things that maybe you could do to confuse them or give them a hard time. But offensively, if you're Matt Nagy and those guys, Bill Lazor, you want to get your quarterback comfortable first and foremost. It really doesn't matter what you call. It matters what he's comfortable with and he, can he execute it so he feels good early on in the football game. And now he'll make some of his good plays as the game goes on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the biggest things when you look at, you know, like you said, this offense, I mean, defense, you know, has always been the hallmark of the Bears. And right. the Bears' defense, I mean, is it all through Khalil Wait Mack? Wait a minute, Max, because, Max, I mean, are you saying the well, Bears? The Bears? I mean, da, are we getting the Bears? The Bears, okay, Bears, all right, Bears, good. The Bears, yeah. All right. Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, defense has been a hallmark, and defense has been sliding. I mean, you know, it hasn't been that rough, you know, tough, boom, 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 I mean, you know, type of defense. I mean, you know, Khalil Mack is your guy. Six sacks, Robert Quinn has been a nice jump for them. But they're not, they're not sacking as much. They are getting pressures, but they're not getting the sacks that we're used to. Um, you know, they're not as, as clean and as tough. I mean, you know, they've given up you know, 30 pointers uh, a lot this season. So, you know, just kind of where the offense, as you say, feels is getting better, but the defense is kind of regressing. I mean, what what do you think that attributes to? Is it is it the injuries or is it just something schematically that they just don't have the personnel for? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because you know how it is. I mean, it, it works together. Offense, defense, special teams. Your offense is cooling or staying on the field, puts a lot of pressure on your defense. You know, but also schematically and, and what they're doing right now, I mean, they're 26, tied for 26 for us at PFF, who's given up the most explosive rushing plays allowed of 10-plus yards downfield. So you kind of have to, uh, you know, stop the run in a sense. Uh, rushing yards uh, before contact, they're 21st, you know. And so I think there's some opportunities there. Um, you know, I feel like the Steelers' offense has gotten into rhythm at times. 
and showcases what they're capable of doing, now it has to be more consistent. And you're going to find that with maybe like a new offense or, or, or young guys in there and so forth like that. But can they protect the football? I think this weekend is huge for the Steelers offense to just worry about what they can control. Protect the football, make Justin Fields, make plays, don't give up the big plays downfield, and just play a good, clean football game. And, and you know, look, the Steelers have been finding ways just to pull out wins. And, and that's the cool thing to see as they continue to come together. You know, I, I love everything you just said there, brother. Looking at this defense now, as I as I think about first of all, first of all, Khalil Mack. The last I heard, it, he's he's got a what a sprained foot, and he didn't practice yesterday, or he has not practiced yet. He missed last week's game, but he is a guy like uh, Max was talking about. He's got six sacks, but um, the guys that really I look at there were were Robert Quinn is deceptively quick. He is he he really kind of made me go hmm when I saw him on on tape. Uh, the other guy was Akeem Hicks is still a heartbreaker and a widowmaker. I mean, this guy, he he takes on double teams and he eats them up like, um, you know, it's, a it's I don't know, it, it's a mint. You know, you just pop it in your mouth, <laughs> chew it up, and spit it out. Um, but also Roquan Smith, the guy is, is intriguing to me too. He's another good tackler. You know what? Well, and you just named some studs, right? And that's why you can't take this defense lightly because – it just, you know, you guys know how it is. Every week, man, you got to be prepared. And, right. you know, both teams looking for a big win, both teams needing a win. And um, and when you have good players like that, I don't care if Khalil Mack hasn't been practicing or not or what's up, because this time of year you're not going to feel perfect. And that kind of stuff happens, and you just have to get to, to Sundays. But they have the guys up front to wreak havoc. And that's why the Steelers have to play a good, clean football game. They have to be smart, um, and they have to protect Big Ben. You know, any uh, defense alignment, you guys know, they love getting after the passer. They love rushing the pass. They don't always want to stop the run. And I know it's easier said than done, but you got to mix it up good against these guys and not let them get started, you know, because if you let them get started, it could be a long game. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bruce. You have answered some big questions. They were really bothering Max and I, you know, about, you know, when you have takeout and you, you pick up the, you know, the, you, are you going to tip? Oh. How much? You know, then, of course, again, what does limited practice look like for a kicker? It does befuddle you. But, of course, the bigger thing was you gave us a good outline of the Bears. And it's pronounced the Bears. That's right. The Bears. Yeah. Boy, hey, thanks, guys. I- I'm glad I could help you out going into the weekend, you know, carry out, uh, you know, in, in dining at restaurants. It- it's big over the weekend, so hopefully that clears your mind and makes you make decisive decisions this weekend. <laughs> Listen, Bruce, I'm, 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 I'm on the road. I'm on the road. I- I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in western Kentucky tomorrow. You know, I'll be in Pittsburgh, you know, for a Monday night game. You know, I'm on the road. So these are burning questions. You know, I I don't necessarily go table for one for myself. You know, it's like it's carry out for me. I'll go back to my hotel room and just sit in my sit in my little box there and watch football. So, you know, I I, I need to know these things. I need to know these things. So I appreciate it, Bruce. And you're caring. (laughs) I'm glad I could help out, guys. Thanks so much, Bruce. (laughs) Thanks, Bruce. Bruce's burning questions. We got that's what we got to have a weekly segment. We got to have these burning questions that only Bruce can answer. Thank you so much, Bruce G. We appreciate you. Love you, bro. Talk to you in uh, in a couple weeks.
All right, that's enough. We lost. Bruce is gone. Hey, Max, we got some great questions answered, you know. So we're going to go to break now because now we can mull it over. Uh, That was some very informative conversation, my friend. All right, we'll be back with more (laughs) Wolf Stars Ninjas in the locker room and watch out for those winged monkeys. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, I, I, it's kind of one of those uh, can't figure out things, but uh, apparently the Browns are ready to move on without o- Odell Beckham. Uh, that era is, that ship is sailing in Cleveland. <clears throat> you know, the thing that I, I find, you know, because he was excused the last couple of days, okay, so you knew something was up, but this is what, what confounds me. Beckham leads the team in targets through eight games. I mean, now he led the team in targets, and he had one target against the Steelers. I don't know. What's the beef? What, I mean, can you? I can't, I can't get my, my brain wrapped around this thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I look at it, I have to assume that it's it's got to be something with with OBJ and Baker. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, because that that's the only thing that makes sense now. Because, like you said, you go up to this point and he's leading the team in targets. Now, that is that that is already confounding. So we already know that there's a chemistry there. Right. You don't target a guy that you that you're not that you're not on the same page with. Right. I mean, it, you're not going to throw it that consistently to him. And I felt like, you know, it was it was a, it was more so they forced it to Jarvis in the game we played. Right. Because you look at 10 targets, five catches. And you take away the strip fumble um, and like two of the PBUs, but that's still. OBJ got targeted once. Yeah. And. And he also came off of like an injury a couple weeks ago. So you're like, ah, it's not that he's getting back into the routine because he was in for what, like 70% of the snaps? So he was in there as a viable option to run, to 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 actually be a target. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, there's got to be something underlying that we don't know about, something behind the locker room doors that's going on as an issue. I don't know if it's just his, his perpetual complaining or, or if it's something else that they feel is just too much to deal with as a distraction. Like, you know, we talk, we hate to say this, but you talk about being a cancer in the locker room, right? Mm-hmm, right. Or, or as Mike <clears throat> T would say, we want volunteers, not hostages. True. You know, so you wonder if OBJ is making himself out to be the victim and he's a hostage in this environment versus willing and wanting to do whatever it takes to win games you know that that's that, that's that's all i could see it as well because everything else makes no sense the yeah. talent even though you are he is older he's he's far from the days where he's making these ridiculous one-handed type of catches in the back of the end zone um but he's still a an excellent receiver right um so does he feel that he's not the focal point anymore and that it's more team related and this just wasn't his game because uh, no matter how great I think Cam Sutton and Joe Hayden are I know that you're not a hundred percent on coverage you had him so covered up 
that you were locked down and he was, you know, it was like going to Revis Island, we used to call it, right? Right. You know, when Darrell Revis played, he, or Patrick Peterson in his prime, like Champ Bailey, like these lockdown corners. Like, I, I, lo- I love our corners, but I don't see them as locked down man, <clears throat> take away one-third of the field because I'm on them type corners. So I don't know how you attempt more than one target at him um, so, so it's just, it, it's really befuddling. It really is. I mean, again, you look at it, he, he's in, in six games in 2021, he caught 17 of 34 targets, 232 yards, but hasn't scored. And against the Pittsburgh Steelers, as you pointed out, there's only one target, one catch, uh, that I believe after six yards, I don't know. Maybe, is, could it be relationship? Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe the kicking net is different in Cleveland. Maybe there's there's some sort of you know whatever transpired in New York, but the kicking that is not transpiring with you know in Cleveland and he, he's he's just disgruntled. I don't know. I just wonder. You know, what I mean, it's just a situation. Who, who who can figure? Yeah, because I mean he is talented. I mean, and the fact that you couldn't move him is also telling. You know Good what I'm point. saying? Like, well. If if he's so talented like we just described, right? Why and and you were shopping that option? Why was he not considered that? Is it? I mean, let's just face it. You know, you've got you've got some good receivers out there. Um, maybe there isn't enough room in a room for him, but you know, it is befuddling. I mean, because as of right now, I'm I'm still scrolling. By the way, <laughs> I'm still scrolling. To find where OBJ is in the in the receiving ranks, and I've gone through three pages of stats. Yeah, uh, you know, and I'm looking at it, and now I found OBJ. Hmm. Right, he's uh, he's below Randall Cobb, who's arguably a third receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Booker, who's a running back. Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones. Um, hmm. Alexander Madison, Joe Mixon, said said Junior, Cedric Wilson Junior. There you uh, go. <laughs> had to say that because that's, uh, that's my boy said son, little said. Uh, oh, is that his yeah, son, Robbie Anderson? Yeah, that's his son. Your old teammate so, Cedric uh, Wilson. He's he's got a son yeah. in the league. Wow. Yeah, yeah, with, with the Cowboys. Um, yeah, he he he's right above Max Williams, who's on IR for the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And Freddie Swain, uh, Zach Moss, and Tony Pollard, and Christian McCaffrey. I, look at all these running. He has he has running back stats. Najee Harris has more has more receiving, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, receptions than he does. Um, Jarvis Landry's only one behind him at 16. Um, so th- there's a lot of issues there in Cleveland. I mean, for there's as much as they be. were lauded. Max, in, think in, about in, this. In he had 34, yeah. 34 targets. I mean, he still led the yeah. team in targets. That's the thing that it kind of befuddles me. Like going, how is the fall from grace so fast? Where even though you've got the most targets on the team, um, you've got well fifty percent of them completion. But there's something going on. Just I don't know. It, it just makes me wonder because no, no matter what, I mean, you you know, this young man had great ability at one time, and I, I would yeah. assume he's still pretty close to that being able to produce like that if given the right circumstances, but you really don't know. And it comes down to issues that are probably better off uh, kept behind, you know, out of the headlines. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that that is it. I mean, I think it has to be that you know he just isn't making the catches because I'm looking at it right. Everybody else that's around him, they don't have as many. They have they don't have nearly as many targets. The only one that comes close is Robbie Anderson, which we know Robbie Anderson has has had his fall for grace. He's got 49 targets and only 18 receptions. That's why his production's not there. Mm-hmm. But you know, everybody else is 19, 21, 22, 26 to get their stats of 17. So I think that's that it has to be that he's not catching the passes that are running or he's not running the right routes or it, it's or Baker's more injured than we think. True. Um, yeah. and Baker's not getting not putting the ball on the spot for him and, you know, leading him enough. But yeah, that 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 is troubling and you know what I I will say though, Wolf? What's that? I'm happy that Cleveland has them and we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, that's a great wrap on it. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking more Chicago Bears, Monday Night Football, and all things Steeler-related right here in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio.